Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Prosperity was God's will. And really, when it comes to, um, are we good, y'all? Okay. Um, when it comes to health and prosperity, um, it's God's will that we be in health and that we be in um, prosperity. And really, it's supposed to be the natural flow of life. It should be the natural flow of life. But prosperity and health, um, I don't want to say they're not, but they have, there's a resistance to them. It's called the kingdom of darkness. It's called the kingdom of darkness. And Satan's job, he's called, the Bible calls him my adversary. It is his job to interrupt abundant life for every person that comes on this planet. And now my mind goes to John 10.10. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the scripture that we're going to read here to help us tonight and, and, I, and I, I may get down to a part where I have a personal testimony about this church because you have to understand, um, you have to understand um, God's kingdom and how the kingdom works to bring health and prosperity to your life and to my life. We have to understand that. It's available health is available, prosperity is available, but we have to understand how to access it in the kingdom. And once it's accessed, it's supposed to be a natural flow in the mind and heart of the son and daughter of God. And there is nobody on this planet that's not going to have challenges in the area health and wealth because this planet has been under attack since Genesis chapter 3, really Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 3. And so your Bible, my Bible or our covenant is God's plan to, to redeem us from uh, lack, from poverty, from sickness and disease. Our Bible is God's plan to redeem us from those attacks. And, um, and as we receive his word and believe his word, the key to it is believing. You have to believe his word. And um, believing is um, believing is achieved through hearing, constantly hearing God's word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing what God said 
about health and about wealth. Faith comes by hearing what he said and whatever adjustments I need to make based on what I hear, I need to make those adjustments. And I'm going to make a statement here that I have to prove out and through the scriptures that your prosperity is tied to your local church. It's tied to the pastor in that local church. It really is. And that's why Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church is supposed to have the revelation of how to live the blessed life. It's supposed to have it. And it's supposed to understand how it works. And it's supposed to understand that the kingdom of God has come to administrate the blessing through the church. He said the gates of hell or the attack of the enemy to bring killing or to bring stealing, killing, and destruction. That's all he's going to bring. And the only deliverance force on the planet is the local church. And we got to understand what the local church is. And then we have to understand how to honor the local church. Amen. You got to understand that. You got to understand how to honor it if it's going to work. I don't spend my time here. And I was in this. This takes your life. It's what it does. And if it's going to take my life, then I need to know how it works. And then I need to be proficient in how it works so that I don't just attend. I get the benefits of being in the kingdom of God and being in God's family. Amen. So let's go over here and look at John. We said that God's John, the epistle of John. I got to turn there. I got my brand new Bible tonight. Nobody's marked in it or anything. All my markups are at home. So um, let's do this. And um, third John. And let's go to the second verse. There's only one chapter. And let's see what the Bible says. And it says, beloved, it's letting me know that I'm loved of God. God loves me. Amen. If you're going to prosper, you're going to have to be a person to understand God loves you. Amen. Amen. Loves me. Amen. One of the things about, you know, Jesse Duplantis and one of the greatest uh, callings in his ministry is to teach the church to have <laughs> excessive wealth. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's, and one of the reasons why he, 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 he walks in that is because he, he, he always talks about how much God loves him. And, and we talked about this. I don't know if it was last night, but we've been covering this scripture. That if I freely gave you Jesus, that's what Romans chapter 8, then I'm going to freely give you all things. Amen. When you study the prodigal son, the uh, provision doesn't come based on behavior. Provision is based on you going home. Amen. And then, and having the best. He didn't say because my son had lived in disobedience to me, just bring him out basic menial provisions he said no give him the best amen sonship means that God wants you to have the best amen 
And, and this will come under test every time you walk in a store. It'll come, it'll, it'll deal with you every time you're going to make purchases and you're going places to buy things. Do you buy the best? And it's half your car to need tires. What do you do? Because they got good. They tell you. They already tell you. <laughs> they already tell you what kind of, they already rate the tires. They say the top of the line are the best, middle of the road, or this will get you by. We know your revelation of the prodigal son based on how you buy tithes. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, when God started dealing with me, I walked in the tithe store. He said, what are you going to do? <laughs> he told me, he said, what are you going to do? Are you going to save 50 to 75 $100 a tithe? Are you going to buy what I want you to have? Are you going to buy what you believe you can afford? And because the buying the ties is so spiritual that people, people, it tests your spirituality, that people need to pay attention to how you live it. You got to pay attention to how you live it. Because if you never pay attention to how you live it, then you're never examining yourself. The Bible said it'll examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. So I had to say, okay, Lord. I said, no, y'all give me these over here. Amen. And you'll begin to live like, you, as you begin to live and you do what he told you to do, you'll realize it doesn't matter. You're going to realize that decision didn't drive you into financial bankruptcy. You're going to realize that because he wants you to have the best. Now, you're going to have to spend time in Matthew chapter 15 or 14, wherever that is, and you so see faith comes by hearing what God said. Listen, we need more word time than we're currently taking in. I'm telling you that now. We need more word time than we're currently experiencing. I never can forget what, what Pastor Cowan told me in Faith is the Victory. He said, Pastor Rogan, for the things we preach, it takes more faith to attain to it than people are producing. It takes more faith than people are producing. If you're going to live with the best, you're going to have to meditate on that and how much he loves you. Our word time has got to go to another level. Amen. Our word time has got to go to another level. I'm just telling you. If not, we'll, we'll have a lifestyle, and then we'll go to church, but we'll never try to marry him up. Am I really living what I'm hearing preached? Amen. Praise God. And we're preaching the sky is the limit and then some. Amen. Because he said, I'll do exceedingly abundant. That's what he said over there. You got to get in there and meditate on all this. So look what he says right here. He said, I'll do exceedingly abundant. It's over in Ephesians chapter 3. Above all that you ask or think. So he says, beloved, I, I desire above all things, and this is our covenant with God, I wish or desire or pray or above all things that thou mayest prosper. And prosper means empowered to succeed. God is not only desiring that we prosper, he gives the, uh, us the ability to call the blessing. I desire above all things, what things? All the things he said, that I want you to prosper. I want you to excel. Now, why? Because if we do, and if the church is excelling, then it becomes the light, the salt of the earth so that people can see 
that God's plan has been demonstrated. Matthew chapter 6, he says, I want you to pray to me in private so I can bless you in the public. So that means that God wants his blessing seen on his church. It's not a testimony for the church to be struggling like the world. God didn't intend for his church to experience corona just like the world. No, it's no, 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 because we got a covenant that said no plague comes out of dwelling. Now we got to learn how to access and how to live in it. Amen. Now thank God we didn't have any funerals in this church. Another person. We could have. Don't think we couldn't. Don't think they wasn't, they wasn't out there. What could have happened. Amen. But I thank God the word is working in him. Amen. Yes, it is. He said, this house shall be known for healing. So I'm pursuing that. That means I got I to think about this. When I walked in here, man, I had this and that. There's anointing that hit me twice. Somebody's supposed to get something tonight. Come on. Amen. Amen. Anointing come on me twice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. He said right here, I wish above all things that I'm as prosper. And then he says, I know he's not talking about getting your healing. He's talking about being in health. He's not talking, this is not talking about, even though healing is provided. And healing and deliverance was paramount in Jesus' ministry. It was a great part of his ministry, ministering people, because the enemy had, uh, the enemy had so long attacked humanity. The old covenant, which provided healing they didn't uh, they didn't live up to it and so they didn't have the defense for healing that they needed and it was 480 synagogues in jerusalem alone but nobody was getting their healing and then jesus showed up and embarrassed everybody and we read about matthew chapter 21 he threw people out of the temple people out the leadership that was hindering people from experiencing God, he threw them out. And then the Bible said the lame, the halt, and the wither came in and the power of God healed them. And then they began to praise God. Real praise is when God shows, the power shows up and meets man at his knee and gives him what he's, God desires for him to have so he can have abundant life. Amen. And the church ought to be, li be living so that power manifests. We shouldn't be doing things that disqualify the power, not the church. The world is already cut off. We don't need the church cut off. People need a place to go to, to escape the darkness that's on this planet and that's coming on this planet. The Bible said it's going to get darker out there. It's wars. You turn on television now, it's wars and rumors of wars now, ain't it? Is plagues and more plagues, just like Jesus said it was going to come. But he said, I've come that you might have life. Even though all that stuff is here, I've come so you don't have to live in it. It's supposed to be a difference between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of Satan and the kingdom. supposed to be a difference. I left that kingdom for a reason. Amen. Praise God. I ain't trying to live in both kingdoms at the same time. Amen. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper and then you be in health. There's a place to go where you just in health. Amen, where you are healthy. You know, there's a place to go where you are, you are healthy. Amen. You know, do you get symptoms on your body, Pastor? Yes. 
Do I get up and preach about them? No. I just deal with them according to the covenant. This ain't supposed to be on my body. Ain't supposed to be feeling like this right now. This ain't supposed to be here. And I commanded to get off. And I got a, I got a covenant with the Most High God that delivers me from physical attacks on my body. And I command this to get off in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it'll turn. It turns. Amen. Maybe I may have Pastor Cynthia lay hands on me. Praise God. Come in here and lay hands on me. Amen. Amen. You got a miracle anointing here. Use it. He's walking around the house with it. Use it. Use it on me. Amen. Praise God. But hallelujah. And the day will come you'll have to use your own faith. I'm just trying to talk to you. He said, I want you to prosper and be in health even or in direct proportion to or in accordance with the prosperity of your soul. Amen. Or as your soul prospers, which means that health and healing works based on how you think. How you think at the moment challenges come. How do you think at the moment you buying tires? You're going to buy the tire based on the prosperity of your own soul. And another believer can be sitting there, give me the best ones y'all got. And everybody's standing over there, turning there and looking at him, what's wrong with him? No, he's just living on a level that's different from me. Amen. And, and that level is based on how you think. Was that Proverbs, as a man thinketh. Amen. How you think is a reflection of how your soul is in prosperity or not. God is saying health and wealth is based on how you think about his plan for our lives. How we think. Because when symptoms get on your body, you're thinking something. Some of you think, man, I, am I dying? It'll come. Thoughts come. Don't y'all look at me like that. And it's sometimes of this creature features scary stuff. Make you think you're going to go hungry. You're going to go broke. I got to talk about that tonight. You cannot think as a child of God, you're going to run out of substance. He said, I took the children of Israel out in the desert where there was no Kroger's, no super Walmart. I took them, three million people. You're going to. And you got a pocket full of money. You got a pocket... They, they, got, they, they had some of the nicest clothes. They took them out of Egypt, and they took gold and silver. They took wealth out and took them out in the, in the desert where you can't buy nothing. They weren't supposed to stay out there long. They ended up staying out there 40 years, 11-day journey. Praise God. Somebody turned the heat on, didn't they? Well, it looks like I'm feeling it, man. I don't preach longer than the heat. If you want the word, y'all better turn it down. Praise God. I don't preach under pressure. <laughs> no, I pray. I pray with pressure trying to come. We can pray tonight. He took him out in the middle of wealth. He said, I want you to learn something. That He said, this is the lesson I want you to learn. That man does not make a living by his occupation. Boy, that's got something to do with it. That's Matthew 4, 4. Man does not make a living based on his occupation. Well, that's what the world teaches. 
It tells you based on your occupation, you can have a good life or a not so good life. I chose my occupation based on that thinking. I stand in the kitchen. I was about, I don't know, about 16, 15 years old. My sister said, Keith, you need to be a doctor or an engineer. I said, why? She said, they make a lot of money. So I was, so I said, for real? I don't even know what these people do. It's the first time I ever heard, because no kind of know what a doctor, because you've been to a doctor. I said, how long you got to go to school to be a doctor? She said, you want to go to eight years to do that? I said, you know what? That's off the table right now. Because I don't even lie. She said, you good at math. You, you, I didn't even know I was good at math. You good at math. And she said, you need to be a doctor. I said, she said, make a lot of money. Well, I said, I could, I, could, I could live with a lot of money. I could do that. But the price to be paid, that's another deal. I said, how long you got to go to school to be an engineer? Uh, she said, four. I said, you just cut it in half. Things are looking up. <laughs> you just cut it in half. So that's how I chose a career. There, I went to school with people that graduated with me. And because I met Dr. Jacobs and found out how prosperity really came, my life was totally different than how they lived in the same career. Just because you went to school to do something, to try to make money, doesn't mean you're going to prosper because you got a diploma. Nowhere in the Bible, the Bible says prosperity comes by your diploma. It doesn't say that. It says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. It's Proverbs chapter 10, I believe it's around 20 or 23. The blessing of the Lord is what makes rich. Now the question is, do I believe that the blessing makes rich or do I believe some other source produces wealth? I have to prosper my soul. That the blessing, blessing means empowerment to succeed at whatever you put your hands to. God says, I want to take what you got your hands on. So you don't have to be a college graduate to be rich. Even the world proved that. Amen. The world has proved that. All God's got to do is give you one idea. And you change in your neighborhoods. Yes, if you want to. Amen. So let's look over here and look at God giving a man a good neighborhood. Turn over here to Genesis chapter. One we're talking about is God's will to prosper. And I've got just, you know, I've got a, about another 30 minutes. That's all I got left. And some of that time I want to use to minister to people. You know, they're pushing down ministry time now. Churches are pushing, they're squeezing ministry time. They want you down, they want you done in 30, 45 minutes. You know, praise God. And they, they want you to do Sunday morning, midweek, and that's it. There's nothing that's supposed to be learned. There's no, you can't even get a college course in that many hours. You can't even, anyway, praise God, hallelujah. And, and, and be accredited, can't even be accredited university with that many hours a week. And look how many subjects and doctors we have. So the church has to be unaccredited. If you get it, you got it. But if you don't, you don't. Look over here in uh, Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, and God says, let us make, in, in verse 26, let us make man in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air 
and over the cattle and over all the earth, which means dominion, he has control over the entire earth and over every creeping thing that creep upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his image and his own, in his image, and in the image of God created he him male and female, created he them. And then it says, God blessed them. Now, he done been powered them. Made them like him. God's image is rich. Amen. God is rich. Amen. When you start making gold streets when everybody else is using asphalt, that's like saying, which one are we going to use, gold, or do we want to use asphalt? Concrete. That's man's standard. God's standard is solid gold streets, solid gold cities. Nobody has it. God's thinking is straight up rich, rich, rich to the nth power, rich to a power that we don't know about. They said he's got a gate in the city. Amen. And his gates is made, of, it didn't say it was made of pearls, it said it was made of pearl, pearl. One big pearl, giant pearl made the gates. And I think it was Kenneth Copeland said, I, boy, I want to see that oyster. But anyway, <laughs> I want to see how big his oyster is. That produced this pearl. I mean the gates and its foundations is made out of fine substance of stones. It's just the wealthiest place that's ever been even spoken of. It's ever been even spoken of. And the place is made for his children. He's already telling us, I want you to have the best. You are the heir of this planet, and it belongs to you, and all of it, everything in it. Notice who he gave the planet to. He gave it to his son. Adam is the son of God. He's God-breathed. He's like God. He's in the image and likeness of God. He's his son. He's his child. And he's given him complete dominion and authority over the entire planet. God's plan is for man to be straight up rich. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you're going to have to think like, hey, well, I just got to go down at the job. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, tonight's job is to mess with your head. That's the assignment, to mess with the way you think about wealth. So that if something happens on your job, you don't pass out. Oh, we going under. No, you're not. You got a supply. He meets all your needs according to his riches in glory. He said nothing about your job. He said nothing about your occupation. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's how you get supplied. That's how I get supplied. Amen. And so he says, now he, God blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, uh, amen, and over everything that moveth upon the earth. So man is in complete dominion and authority. And then God says, behold, I've given you every herb and, and bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in, in, the, in the which is fruit of the tree yielding seed uh, to you, it shall be for me. So God gave him food. God didn't give him a job for food. God gave it to him. He didn't tell him to go work for it. He gave it to him. Amen. So it's God's plan to give me dominion, to bless me and empower me to succeed, and it's his plan to give me provision. I'm giving it to you and you don't even have a job yet. 
Amen. I'm giving it to you. And the Bible does talk about jobs. What's the purpose of the job? Seed to sow. Amen. It's seed to sow. It's seed to sow. He says, I want you to work with your hands so you'll be able to give. Amen. Praise God. Most people don't get a job and think about, I got this job to give. I got this job to pay my rent, pay my light bill, pay my water bill, pay my car note. Amen. So that's not a lifestyle that is biblically defined. It's not a biblically defined lifestyle. That's the lifestyle we are taught. You better get a job if you ever going to have anything in this life. Who taught you that? Amen. Somebody you know real close. Amen. I know you don't want to call the name out right now because it may get out and on, the, on, the, on the recording tonight. And you'll have to answer to somebody when you go home. Anyway, praise God, somebody close to you taught you that. Now look over here in Genesis chapter 2. Verse 7 says, God breathed in man. He formed his body and breathed in him. Amen. And then it says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Amen. God planted the garden. Man, you know what that garden looked like. It don't look like nobody's you seen. <laughs> you know, some gardens are very elaborate. It just don't have plants in it. I mean, they got, they got hedges in it. They got walking paths in it. It's got running water in it. It's got even structures where you can dwell in it. There's gardens where you can live in it. It's, it's surrounded with provisions, and God built it. And anything God builds is top of the line. Amen. And God built it for him. Amen. One of these days, we're going to let him supply us. Amen. One is that, you know what? I'm just going to stand back and let you be God in my life. I'm just going to let you be God, and I'm going to stop being the captain of my own life. I used to, I preach a mess. I used to say, you need to fire yourself and hire God. <laughs> you need to fire yourself from being the boss and being the controller and decision maker, and then you need to ask him, do you have a plan for my life? Yes, yeah, a good plan. There's no evil in it. It's, it's nothing but good to bless your life. Amen. We're talking about is God's will to prosper. So we're talking about how God is dealing with the first man. And he says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I shouldn't be expecting him to deal with me differently. Amen. Praise God. He's, he's got a garden. He's, 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 he's created this man, and now he's creating a garden. Okay. He's created a garden, amen, and he says, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And all you got to do is ask people, are you where he put you? Am I where he wants me to be? Am I where he wants me to be? Am I doing what he wants me to do? Sometimes people are not. I was one of those people because I started living to make money, but I was not doing or in the place where he wanted me. And it had to be a complete, total change. Complete, total change. The anointing came on my life when I was eight years old. I 
sitting in the service, and I was sitting next to my mother, and the presence of God came on me, and the Holy Spirit came in, and it was the call to ministry. Nobody recognized, and, and my, the, my mom came the closest, and she said, Keith, you need to give your life to Jesus, and let me teach you about going to heaven. Salvation ain't about going to heaven, but she taught me what she was taught. Nobody said anything about the calling or anything like that. The next time somebody talked to me about the destiny of my life, it was looking at a, a math ability in my life. Nobody ever talked about what happened to me in that service. And so you begin to pursue a course of life that's totally different than what God has for you. I always say this, you don't have an education until you, you, un, unless you understand your Bible. I don't care, I'm, you know, and one of the worst things they ever did to our education system is take the gospel out of the schools. And so now kids are pursuing destinies based on how they read, how they write, and how they're arithmetic. That's it. They've even pulled the trades out. You can't even discover any other gifts. They pulled them all out. It's not even a system anymore. I, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And because they've taken simple prayer out, you can't even pursue God for what you're supposed to do with your life. You can't, there's no pursuit of him. Boy, if it ain't the most heathenest, backwardest system that there ever has been and made a law, keep God on the outside, bring the police and, and metal detectors in. And they're losing it. And it's getting worse all the time. So how you know, Pastor? Because I taught in there one year. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. And I don't care if you go to some of the best of them. I don't care if you go to the best of them. Go to some of the best Ivy League schools. I'm talking about go to some of the best schools, the best in our city. I'm sitting at a football game. And the song that this academy sang was straight from the gutter. And it was blast all on the PA system. And the kids jumping up in the, one of the most prestigious high schools in this city with their shirts off sang it in one of the most vulgar songs right in front of their parents and right in front of the whole school administration. This thing is going fast down the tubes in a handbasket. And then they sent them off to some of the most prestigious universities. And they become alcoholics, sex fiends, and drug addicts. So it don't matter where you send them. It don't matter where you send them. The devil's getting the whole thing round up. Amen. I thank God for the church. Hallelujah. Don't he? He already said gross darkness is going to cover them, but light going to be seen on the people. I'm after what he has for me. Praise God. So even though they're in a prestigious place, it's still in poverty. It's spiritually poor. It's broke morally. It doesn't have to have, it doesn't matter how much money they got. They are broke. And a lot of parents are going to have to deal with drug addicts and all kinds of stuff like that and all kinds of getting ready for the psychology chair. But praise God, a revival's coming to this city. 
Y'all better get ready because you're going to have to cast out devils out of everything. I don't care what kind of side of the city it comes. Come out! But to cast out the Brentwood devil and the Bell Mead devil. Amen. I'm, I'm preaching real good, man. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some places of light out there, but there's a lot of darkness out there. Now, look what he says right here. He said, God placed him in form. Prosperity starts by being in the place where God wants you. And it's very simple to get there. It's very simple to get there. I know because how you know about university life? Because I was there. And I walked out of a stadium one night. And I said, where you going, Keith? Not where y'all going. I'm done following the crowd anywhere. And I'm going home. I didn't say that. I said, I'm, I'm going home is where I'm going. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I walked in my apartment. Locked the door behind me, went straight to my knees and said, God, I'm so sorry for leaving a heathen life, half leg in the church and half leg out there in the world, trying to please people that have no interest in my well-being. And I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me for living like a heathen when I know something on the inside of me is greater than what I'm doing? And I refuse to be something somebody else wants me to be but I'm willing now to be everything you want me to be. And I give you control of my entire life. Well, good. You're going to be a pastor. That knowing that came on you in eight years old, that's what that's for. It was just nobody around you to help you with it. But I'm here now and I'll help you. And I'm going to put you with somebody that's going, because you got to have somebody in the planet to help train you how to, if nobody's pulling you up, you ain't going nowhere. No, you're not. God's pulling him up. He's pulling this man up. And they have a relationship now where there's no gap between them. You can hear God clear. People are going to have to learn how to hear. Prosperity is learning to hear the voice of God with clarity. So you'll know what to do in every situation. That's true prosperity is to be able to hear God's voice and to be able to follow him and walk in the plan he has for you. He says, you're going to be a pastor. And he says, don't go down there and tell that church anything of what I'm telling you. I don't want them training you. He had somebody else planned to train me. You know who that is. Changed my whole entire life. And then I was able to get in the occupation and the, in the true assignment for my life and walk away from prosperity is knowing where God has placed you and you willing to go there no matter what the cost. You, you, it's the will of God now that you leave those six figures and you walk out of it and not a person in this organization will understand what you're going to do. They think you're stupid because you're going to get off the system of living off checks and start getting in the system where you trust God. And it's a transition. Amen. Come on now, buddy. Praise God. Once you... <laughs> Once you get in, you go to sleep at night. You like Jesus, you sleep on the boat while everybody else is screaming, sitting there watching the stock markets and scratching it. You know what? <laughs> Moving right along. Let me get into this. Man, I got a man. I, I'm, praise God. <laughs> it takes more time to do this. Amen, but let's do what we can do. And it says right here, he put the man in the garden. And out of the ground he made to grow every tree. Notice who made it grow. God made it grow. God did the garden. God did the man. And when you look at your life, did, what did God do? 
it ought to look like a God work. Amen. Praise God. It ought to look, what did God do? Is this what I did or is this what he did? Because it's going to show, look like, you know, amen, praise God. Amen. People going to be like, well, this is what God, you know what? God told me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I can look at that. That ain't on his level. That is not on his level. Amen. When God does something, it looks like he did it. He said, my ways are not your ways. So guess what? As high as the heaven is above the earth, so my ways are higher than yours. So we can distinguish between when it's something God did and when it's something they did. Amen. Hallelujah. We can tell the difference. Amen. A lot of people like to make it confuse and mix it all together. No, you're not going to confuse me. I confuse somebody else. No, I know what God looks, what God's plan looks like. Amen. And we all need to work to get in it. Say amen to that. We all need to be pursuing him. He put the man in the garden. Amen. And guess what? And, um, and he put everything in there that was pleasant to sight and good for food. Notice he said things that he was looking at was pleasing to him. Amen. I like when people come in our building. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Let me tell you about prosperity about that. He said, Keith, don't you do my building halfway. It ain't on the highest level that it could go. And some people, boy, that's kind of, and some are walking, that's kind of extravagant for a church. That's just your opinion. And we, guess what? We're not living by what you got in your head. Amen. And I love this. I love to see them coming in. I love to see their head tinkered with. This is a church? <laughs> well, the bank's got them. What's wrong with the church having it? Amen. What's wrong with God's people having it? Because it's God's plan. I put him in some place that's pleasant. Something that he likes to look at. Amen. Praise God. I like to get the floors polished. Because <laughs> when you walk in there, the first thing they see is a vaulted ceiling and marble floors and wide hallways. I wasn't even thinking like that. See, it's a mindset. Look at this new carpet down there. Some budget carpet. And everybody would have said, okay, praise the Lord. But it wouldn't have done nothing to nobody. He knew what I was thinking. I was thinking, not the best. I was thinking somewhere between better and okay. Because <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to get, I was trying to, I was trying to make money meet up. And he pulled me back. Amen. Sometimes God needs to straight up fire you. Amen. And so he can get this thing on the level where he needs it. And so he, he put me on a plane and sent me down there to Texas. <laughs> when people walk into church in Texas, they say rich people go to church. Right? Amen. Come on now. I'm trying to tell you you're rich. I done tried to tell you that. It's supposed to, where you live at, people ought to say rich people live there. I'm teaching on God's prosperity right now. And we're here to read why you're here. <laughs> yes, we are. Let me tell you about We Rewired. Because at our church, <laughs> the contractor wired the compressors wrong. 
And so instead of the compressors cooling efficiently, they had them wired where the thing run backwards. What? They had $30,000 worth of equipment wired backwards. None of the units worked, and it was nothing wrong with the units. It was something wrong with how they had been tinkered with. Somebody been messing with you is what I'm going to tell you. Because I'm just, somebody been messing with you. You ain't supposed to be that good. Somebody been messing with you. When you go to the least, when you worried about how much gas is, <laughs> you just say, give me five for regular. Five on regular, <laughs> you might get a gallon and a little bit more now. You can't even live like that. See, I came up when gas was like, you know, you know, 50 cent a gallon. See, if you don't change, and there's some people that haven't, they messed up. I be tripping with them. Look at them. They don't know what to do. They don't know whether to just leave the car here and walk. <laughs> Call somebody to come get up. Looking at the pump. <laughs> oh! Uh-uh. 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 No. <laughs> we have to change. So these guys, let me get back to my air conditioning. So I went out and I listened to them. They were sounding like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no air conditioner supposed to sound like that. I said, I, said I, I don't even know. I've never seen units this big before. But I know that's how they're not supposed to sound. So I brought a guy out there that works in heating and cooling. I brought a third party out there heating and cooling. I said, turn it on, man. Listen to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, yeah, they're supposed to run like that. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's it. That's, that's just loud, man. So guess what? I believed him. So when we turned the units on, ran them like that, they was running backwards. They wasn't supposed to run like that. The thing popped. Oil went flying everywhere. Right before the Dr. Jacobs went, pay out. <laughs> There's four compressors, two in each of the big units, and all four of them was wide wrong. And then the guy came out there. I asked to check him. He's supposed to know how it's supposed to run. He said, that sounds good to me. And it popped. Cost $4,000 to fix it. Because somebody, a whole line of people in this profession don't know what they're doing. I can close my Bible now. Yeah, I can close my Bible now. I can close my Bible now. All you got to do is now take it over into the church. A whole bunch of people up here talking and don't know what they're talking about. The only shot about life that know what they're talking about is this. 
Amen. That's just half of it. Then you got to find somebody that know what this is. <laughs> so we go out there and okay, go, go fix it. Thank God we ain't broke. Go fix it. I ain't took up no offering. We ain't, I ain't said nothing about us going under. I ain't said nothing. I ain't said nothing like it. Amen. People are increasing here. I'm getting testimonies all the time. Cause man, we're going to do this thing, Jackson. Amen. Praise God. I ain't playing with this. <laughs> so, we call people out to fix it. And they send this guy out. He's probably in his 20s or whatever. He gets in there and says, Pastor Logan, all four of the compressors are gone. Now it's going to cost you $16,000. We ain't broke. Amen. And look at your neighbor. So tell them to calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, Pastor ain't said nothing at Just calm down, man. Just come on down, man. There's some num numbers bother people. You start, you start calling out numbers and start bothering people. Amen. Praise God. I said fix them. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Praise God. So the guy comes out and he says, well, I want to have another guy look at this. <laughs> That's how Archie talks. I think I want to have another guy look at this, Pastor. I said, thank you, Audrey, for just, just having a check. So I keep saying somebody's anointed to help me. Listen, you need to be saying it for the rest of your life. Somebody is anointed to help me. I'm not down here. So, I mean, somebody got the Holy Ghost on them. Or somebody's influenced by the Holy Ghost is helping me. Now, see, I learned it from my man of God. He had to realize, it came by revelation, that you got some help down here to help you through this life so you don't have unanointed people your whole life. Right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Being broke. You know Jesus was broke. They'll tell you that. He didn't have nowhere to lay his head. That was just talking about he was always a demand on his life. People were already always pulling on him, so he was always going places. He didn't have a stationary residence. That's all he was saying. There ain't no place, other place that even mentions it. You can't even make a doctrine out of it. The man had a treasurer who was taking money out of it. With so much money in the treasurer, you didn't even know he was taking it. You know, if there's $10 in there, you take one. Hold it, man. Listen, listen, Judas. I know it was 10 in there. Come on, man. Come on, man. You're the only one who had the bag. <laughs> We're trying to buy bread, man. We hungry. <laughs> If you don't come with that dollar, guess who's not eating tonight? That's the kind of conversation be going on in Jesus' camp, the broke conversation. <laughs> the we broke, we broke conversation. Ah! Anyway. So they had this guy. They said, we're going to bring, I don't know his name. I think his name was Eric, whatever his name was. I don't remember. You may remember. I don't remember the guy's name. This guy's 80 years old. This is his last day at work, and he's retired. <laughs> and they're bringing him to our job site to take a look. 
So he comes and he drives his own car because it's the last day of work. Then when he gets out there, said he realized, realized, and said he said, if I th- if it was, this is my last day at work. If I know the church was this far from my house, I wouldn't even come out of here. Well, you're on assignment. <laughs> so get over it. Why? Because it's too far and it costs too much gas, don't it? I know what you're thinking. You you old getting ready to tie a geezer. I know what you're thinking. But you anointed geezer today. So he gets back in. He said, take the cover off the unit. He stood back and looked at it. He said, turn, change those two wires. Change these wires. So Audrey gets in there, change the two wires on both of the compressors, turn the unit on. Mm. Now I want to hurt somebody. <laughs> now I want to hurt. I want to do, because I knew it was wrong. I just knew the same time like it was beating itself up. <laughs> Like people do, they beat themselves up. They tell themselves they broke. Um, I said, I don't. Where is the guy that worked for y'all that told me that was okay? Then he went over and he worked on the other unit. Um, one of the compressors really did pop. Got a replacement. Whole unit. Thinking wrong means you live wrong, you function wrong. And to get up and think you have to work for everything you get means you're wired wrong. To think that I make a living without God is wired wrong. Man does not make a living by his job alone, or his, but it's by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And let me finish this up because I, 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 I'm, I'm done. I'm out of time. And praise God, you just have to keep coming back. Amen. Praise God. See, we really could get in this like the Bereans. You know what? Well, we got to come back tomorrow. That's what the Bereans would say. I'm talking about the Bereans in the book of Acts. They said, no, 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 no. We're not Sunday. We're not coming back Sunday. Because in between Sunday, there's tomorrow, and there's, there's Friday and Saturday. See, we could have worked a lot of this out by Friday. That's what the Bereans said. So they said, we're coming back every day. Oh, but no, not the 2022 thanks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No. Some of them ain't even coming. They just gonna live wide wrong, running backwards. They plan on living the life backwards, making a whole lot of noise, producing nothing. <laughs> That's when I get frustrated. A lot of them even talk like it. <laughs> Gas just went up. <laughs> The car, the vague's going up to $7. (laughs) It's running backwards. Prosperity is supposed to just be the state of living. And we shouldn't know anything else. 
because this man didn't. Let me finish this up. Oh, it's, it's overtime. Anytime after 8 o'clock, it's overtime. It's overtime. <laughs> he said, he said uh, I got to get, let me just get to the cream of the crop. He said, God had, he put this man in this garden. He said, in this garden, he said, and, and verse 12, and the gold of the land was good. Gold is a symbol of wealth. Why? Because they got it in heaven. How did gold get the status? Because it's in heaven. It's a status in heaven. Jesus got a big old gold band. on the. Out it's a white outfit. We all wear white Sunday. I'm going to try to find me a gold band somewhere. Because Jesus. <laughs> Ooh. Jesus got a big old gold comma bar. Going around, made out of solid gold. Sitting up there with his hair styled like white like wool. Just flowing. Jesus sitting up there, got his, all his hair on his eyes. Got brass, shiny brass shoes on. Come on now. Jesus is clean up there. He is straight up there, got these outfits on. <laughs> Sitting up on a throne with a scepter in his hand, just larger than life. Amen. That's how he's living. That's your brother. And God is trying to conform us to his image. And 1 John 4, 17 said, as he is. You're going to change your wardrobe. You got to change your wardrobe. And I don't even know why. Y'all need to stop wearing them jeans with them holes in it. Because, see, I, if I, I don't do the holy jeans. Because if you wore this stuff to school where I was growing up, we was getting you. Ah! <laughs> where the got you in there? How did that come in style? It's just poverty just wants to be in style. Poverty wants to be, talking about stonewashed jeans. We didn't want our jeans beat across stone. We wanted them dark blue. They was called blue jeans for a reason. <laughs> they weren't supposed to be faded. Man, I don't get it. They, they even bragging me into it. They even messing with me, man. You can't even go buy real blue jeans no more. People doing things with them and. We just want to practice poverty in everyday living. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> the devil wants man bankrupt in every sense of the way. You need to start looking good. Amen. It tells you how Jesus is looking, and it tells you what he's wearing. And it wasn't cheap. Even when he was in earth, his clothes weren't cheap. That's why they gambled over his clothes. Ain't nobody gambling over trash. It was a seamless garment. 
It was the best, what's the word? Best that you could have in the day. And so, when I started getting ready to do this building, he came to me personally. He says, I want the building to make a statement. You're going to be on the State Street. You're going to be seeing people that never you've never seen before. You're going to be introducing this institution called my house. See, the church don't even think about it. Now, J.D. thinks like, He's the guy that did all the concrete. I had to do some work around my house. And he said, oh, you built the church first, then you took over the house. He said, the reason why people have holes in their pockets and they can't prosper, they won't take care of the church. We're going to have to, see, this is going to take a long time to talk about this. I know y'all not available tomorrow. I'm just not going there. Praise God. We'll catch up. We'll catch up. Amen. Amen. So, see, if I don't get there, you're not going. The blind lead. He done already told you. The blind lead the blind. If, he, if that man don't believe in you, you ain't never getting there. I'm glad my pastor talks about miracles and signs and wonders and visions. I'm glad he got there on the live greatest land. I'm so... He don't even fly through the commercial no more. God had to tell him to stop flying private jets, sitting all in the hot. I didn't even tell you that. I didn't tell you that. Sometimes you can't even talk to church because they're so broke in their business. And I ain't trying to live like that. I'm going to do the way God tells me. save money and save God money. You are wise backwards. And he had to tell me because he knew how I think. That probably would have killed me in this one. The ceiling heights was too high. The walls were longer and higher. And I got in there and I watched them boys in there and they frame and all that stuff. So God thank you. He helped me find the people. Somebody anointed to help me. Aaron Hernandez. He said, Pastor, we're going to come to your church and help you. Amen. All I got to do is tell him to help me. So he said, so he put me on the airplane. And uh, put me on the airplane. I think I flew down to the doctor. so light and easy, you walk to the air, you walk to the airfield with your luggage, you put it on it just like you're putting your, your luggage in the trunk in a car, instead of getting on something that rolls, you get on something that flies and put your seatbelt on. It ain't no take off your shoes, take off your belt. You might not even get out of this airport today. You may contain. Not all that. It's so much light and easy, and that's how the men of God should travel. You got to get a revelation now. I know preachers so broke they suit stuff. And I tried to help them and get, get miracles. 
And then they died young. Got a miracle in our church. Dr. Jacobs came, back broke, got a miracle. Don't you think you need to be listening to this man more? Oh, no, he thinks he's Dr. Jacobs. Then he died. In our church, you want to go? I say, you, you stay away from those people. What is wrong with you? Can't help those people. Whole church stunk. God don't need that work. It's wired backwards. It's teaching his children wrong. And it will behoove you to stay out of it. I'm telling you, as your pastor. God put me on, on that airplane and I flew to Texas. And you walk in Dr. Hatterball's building, the first thing you see is this crystal chandelier. And I ain't telling you what it is. It ain't on purpose. Because you're representing. Upon this rock, I build my church. He ain't building yours. It ain't yours. It ain't for you to finish it based on how your mind thinks or what's in your wallet. We have to change. And that's where he sent me before we started the fellowship. And I started looking at these things and saying, no, we can't do this. So we finished. And this is intricate detail. This is not somebody going down the road and pulling out whatever they can. This is somebody that has taken time because they're doing it with honor because it's God's. Jesus. What's wrong with most churches is Jesus is not building it. The trustees and the boards and the deacons are building it. The broke mentality men that have no prayer life, they are building it. This was done by Angie because she got around a Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy because that's how they do it. We owe everything. And Dr. Jacobs, for knowing he couldn't really be the right pastor God wanted without somebody pulling him up. Thank God for Kenneth Copeland because we Dr. Dufresne wanted to quit. I never met you if he quit. Kenneth Copeland called him out. He had just gone through a divorce and felt like his whole ministry was over. Prophesied over him. Said, said, Brother Ed, I want you to know God told me to tell you the ministry's not over. No, there's a Michael Jacobs sitting up there in the same. They don't even know you right now. He's going to call you one day. You're going to help him take his ministry and prophet's office to another level. And there's two spiritual sons in this church. You don't change their lives. You don't quit. You don't quit. He just laid down in the floor. Seemed like it for hours, didn't move. No, I should have kept you. Comes to Indiana with a blaze. One message, honor God. 
honor him, we can get the miracles back. We can get the wealth back. We can get it all back if we honor God, keep his commandments, and do things the way he wants it done. And not and stop looking at our wallets to determine the level of our prosperity and success. And that's where Angie and Dennis got it from. They got it first. I started walking around, I started looking at that building, I started walking around, and it started just getting on me. And I looked at Angie, I said, Angie, you designed this whole thing. Dr. Hannibal, you've been in God's will. So I go back to my row. I said, God, I got nobody can do that. She said, yes, you do. You just wired backwards. So we're going to rewire. Get your dope. You can tell her no about something. She won't leave the church. Since you go home and you turn her loose. You turn her loose. And the cabinets, cabinet and flooring came. Just see the materials that came out of their out of their church. She said, We did this. I said, She did it. Do you need a job? Because people can recognize your hands. This building is your residence. He was the owner of the entire company. He and his wife stood there and said, you need. I said, no, she doesn't. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She really doesn't. No. Now when people walk in there, we want them as she is. We want them as what she was like. We love her. We are the sons of God. And we want the way we live to mess with God. But in order for us to do that, he's got to do something to ours. You have to read Genesis chapter 1 and 2 to understand God's first mention of man, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're going to have to take that scripture and say, you put this man in gold, you put him in the best wealth that the earth could produce. You ain't changed your mind. And if you think he's changed his mind, you go home and read Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. And I can tell you, if you are a child of God, you're going to find yourself in untold, uncalculated wealth. That's where you would be married to God. And if that's how the beginning felt, that's how it's going to end. It's up to us to get the middle right. But I can tell you two qualities of those two men. The one at the beginning and the one at the end. Both of them were called the sons of God. The Bible said as many as this received Jesus we receive Jesus, then we have received the rights 
and the privileges to be called a son of God and to be treated like a son of God and to be conformed to his very image. Not when we get to either extreme point and we can't go back. But it's supposed to happen right now. And we have to reach up and ask the Holy Ghost to take those wires because they're wrong. Just cross them over. Because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be normal course of life. And you're going to have to let it be a normal course of life where you live with the best. Where you get the best is to walk in that second quality. First is the son of God, first relationship. And the second one is both of them when they were living in the state of uncalculable wealth. They lived in absolute honor to God. And his master valuing what he valued. Valuing his word. Valuing his schools. Valuing his church. Valuing his sons and daughters. Valuing the five-fold valuing his word. And that'll be the first step. What changed this church? Changed this church and got us out of East Palestine and got us on Dickerson Road and took us to Brentwood. It's just honor. And a whole lot of disrespectful people in here. You know what I say? Good riddance. Because you don't want to change. They just stood and walked in. They watch it. People can't help but do that. There's a lady came to our church one Sunday. She wasn't a part of the group. She just got listening to somebody that she should have been listening to. And I said, I ain't seen you in 20 years. let friendships take your place where God puts you even if they bring you you can't do that you cannot let friendships you cannot let any relationship take you out of where God put you if you do you have just sacrificed your whole destiny for person I said, well, at least you made it back. I made it back. She was waving the palm leaf harder than anybody. I said, who was that palm leaf person? <laughs> Couldn't, I didn't even recognize her. She said, Cameron, do you know who I am? I said, no. 
his heart. Attend your church rebuke on Calvary and don't do so on me. He said, look, will you all call me? Don't ever attend an assembly of unbelieving guys. Not me. Because it's not God's will that you stay with this unbeliever. The Bible said if we all behold Jesus as in a glass, means there's another glory waiting on you. There's a I sitting right there waiting on you. Come on now. Hallelujah. It's just sitting there. It's yours. Should be like the children of Israel sitting in that dust for 40 years in houses you didn't build. He said, it's my job. He said, it's my will to give you power to get Establish what I want to do. Lift your hands.